It is my pleasure to welcome to a special edition of VLGA Connect, Victoria's Public Sector Gender Equality Commissioner, Dr. Nikki Vincent. Nikki, welcome back to the program. Thanks very much. Great to see you again. Now, I saw you in person a few weeks ago. You were embarking on about 50 speeches all over Victoria as the new Act was coming into effect. Where are you at on that list of 50 now? Oh, we've, well, I, I think it's, well, it's 50 plus, and this is the last um, speech of the month. Um, so it is, you know, we're taking it right to the to the wire, given that it's the 31st of March, but it's over 50 and it's been quite extraordinary. It's been a busy time for you, no doubt. And we are really pleased to, to have you on the program. We're recording on the 31st of March, which is the day that the new Gender Equality Act comes into force in Victoria. What will change as of today, Nikki, do you think? Well, a lot, hopefully. So um, as of today, the Gender Equality Act applies to 300 plus Victorian public sector organisations, including all of local government, um, all universities, water corporations, courts, et cetera, et cetera. It, um, it requires organisations to take positive action to progress, progress gender equality in their organisations. Um, but it, it, there are four sort of main obligations. So um, the first is that organisations must undertake a comprehensive audit to assess the state and nature of gender inequality in their, in their organisations. They must use that data um, and consult with their workforce, their governing bodies and their employee representatives uh, about what uh, strategies and actions they're going to take to address any gender inequality in the organisation. And those strategies need to be put into a gender equality action plan um, and that must be submitted to me by the 31st of October this year, uh, along with the audit data. And then, um, and then they must report on their progress two years later um, on the 31st of October, 2023. So a mm -hmm. progress report is required. And in that progress report, they need to demonstrate that they have made reasonable and material progress on each action in their gender equality action plan. And if not, why not? Um, they also, from the 31st, so from today, um, need to undertake uh, gender equality audits, um, gender, in, sorry, gender impact assessments on every one of their new policies or programs or services um, or any that come up for review. So they need to take a look at how the policy program or service might impact different genders differently. So it's quite a lot of work and quite a lot of change, I think, for many organisations. So you mentioned that there are different organisations covered by this legislation. If we can just zone in on councils in particular, do you see the implementation having um, any different sort of uh, course for councils than it does for others? Are you watching for anything in particular in relation to local government? Um, well, I think most of what local government does have, uh, in terms of its po programs, policies and service will be, uh, will have a gender, uh, will have a, an impact on the public. So um, gender impact assessments are going to be a big deal for, 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 for local government, I think. Um, that's the main one that I think that, that might, you know, might uh, there might be more of a... a um, 
more demand for gender impact assessments uh, in local government. And, and because councils are largely driven uh, in a political sense, as opposed to some other public agencies, are you expecting anything to play out there in the way that elected representatives buy into the aims of this legislation? Well, I think it, it, it's a requirement. Um, it's, an, it's the law. So um, it, 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 I, I don't think it should be challenging for um, local government elected representatives to understand uh, the law, which uh, a law which they're operating under. So I would expect them um, to get their heads around this and make sure that it happens uh, in their councils. Um, I'm, it may be that um, I need to do some special briefings and that has been requested of me um, and I'm more than happy to do that of um, elected for elected um, representatives at the local government level. Um, but fundamentally, this is the law now. And so every organisation that is covered by this Act must comply. And that's a, that's a really strong point that, that you're making. My next question was going to be about the work that you and your office can and are doing with the public sector agencies that are covered by this legislation. So mm. from a council point of view, what sort of assistance or guidance are you able to provide? So we've been doing a huge amount of work um, over the, the last few months in the lead up to the Act and, and beyond that and before that as well. So we've, we've conducted a series of roadshows which have hit over a thousand, over a thousand people have attended and hit all of the, the um, organisations as far as I know that are covered by the Act. And in those roadshows, we've been talking about what's, what's required under the Act. Um, we've developed guidance materials and we've talked about those guidance materials. So the guidance materials have been developed for conducting gender impact assessments, gender audits and gender equality action plans. Um, so we've, it's sort of a, a sort of information briefing in the roadshows. Um, and we're also about to um, roll out um, some um, workshops that are being delivered by um, people, organisations that are a part of our panel of providers. So these are private sector organisations that have expertise in each of the uh, obligations under the Act. So the first workshops that are being rolled out are how to undertake um, gender impact assessments. Um, and organisations can send two people along to those um, workshops, but they'll also be recorded and put on our website so they can be shared with the entire um, workplace. Uh, and then the next will be next workshops will be um, gender audits and then gender equality action plans. Um, so there's a lot of support for organisations to get up to speed. In addition, um, organisations can come uh, to members of our um, panel of providers and, and pay them uh, to assist their organisation in, um, in meeting its obligations as well. So these are organisations on the panel that have been selected because of their expertise um, and they're, free, they're available um, freely for the workshop, but um, if organisations want more than that, then they need to um, contact the panel of providers to, um, to get them to come and do that work within their organisation. I'm sure you're probably aware also that uh, local government Victoria has extended to councils access to the People Matters survey to be able yes. to gather the data to develop the indicators, the measures that they 
need to be doing under this legislation as well as the workforce planning legislation uh, yeah. that comes from the Local Government Act. That's a positive step? It is a very positive step, actually. So, um, and I think a lot of councils have signed up for that. The, the closing date is today. Um, and I know that there, there have been a lot of uh, councils that have signed up for it. So that makes things a lot easier. Now, uh, remiss of me at the outset, I should have mentioned it. Catherine Arndt, the CEO of the VLGA, was going to join us for this conversation today. And I know she prepared quite a few questions because uh, she's really passionate about this subject. I have to ask one of her questions uh, on her behalf, uh, Nikki. Catherine's keen to see whether you're seeing anything playing out on a broader stage here. So this is an Australian first uh, mm -hmm, with this Victorian mm -hmm. legislation. Um, there's already starting to be a push for something to be done of this nature on a national basis. Are you seeing that or are you hearing anything from your counterparts in other states? I, I don't have any counterparts in other states. Um, this is this um, role is actually uh, an Australian first and I am the first person to uh, take it up in, in Victoria. So um, I, I guess my other counterparts might be the Equal Opportunity Commissioners yeah. and, um, and so forth. So at this stage, I have um, heard on the grapevine that South Australia, uh, an MP in South Australia was looking at this. And I also heard that you know, Queensland might look at this, but these are just, um, these are just grapevine hearings at this stage. Um, so, but I would think that this, uh, Act would be of a great deal of interest to other jurisdictions, actually, and um, and especially what's going on at a federal level. I mean, we do have the Workplace Gender Equality Act uh, that operates at a federal level uh, and covers organisations with 100 plus employees that are private sector organisations. Um, but this is the first of its kind uh, in the country that covers um, public sector organisations. And yeah, as I said, I think there'll be a lot of interest. Yes, so forgive me, I had forgotten that the commissioner role itself was was a first, but as you say, there are other uh, bodies that would be watching this uh, very closely. Do you see it as part of your role eventually to uh, promote what Victoria is doing more broadly, given that the issues at play here are very much on a national stage at the moment? Absolutely, yes, Chris, absolutely I do. I mean, at the moment, we've been sort of head down, bottom up, kind of getting ready for this act to come into effect. But um, gender equality doesn't, or inequality doesn't stop at the borders. And obviously, um, we would love to see this kind of um, legislation right throughout the country. Um, we think uh, Victoria will act as a demonstration project, um, but we've already started spreading the word. We um, did a, uh, an event, a side event uh, for a recent United Nations um, meeting. And so we're looking to um, spread the word about what we're doing with the rest of the world. And, and we'll certainly, once things settle down and uh, in, in our commission and um, the flurry of activity dies, dies back a little bit uh, in relation to this act and its implementation, we will certainly be looking to, to spread the, the word far and wide. That's, that's very good to hear. Uh, Nikki, I wonder your view on, we've, we've had the Victorian Local Government Women's Charter in 
in place for some time. Mm. What happens to instruments like that with the arrival of this new legislation? Any work that's been done, and I know, um, you know, local governments, uh, some local governments have been working with our watch around the workplace equality and respect. And um, there's a lot of work that's been done uh, already in, in most of the organisations covered by the Gender Equality Act. That work will stand those organisations in really good stead for the, their, uh, meeting their obligations uh, under this Act. Um, so none of it's wasted. All of it's uh, a great grounding and can be put to meeting the obligations under the Act. One last question, perhaps. I know I spent some time with you and a couple of uh, your fellow commissioners recently on a panel discussing these issues more broadly for, for the sector. And a hot topic at the time was the Victorian Auditor General's audit mm. of sexual harassment management mm. practices, if you like, in local government. How do you see the findings of that audit plugging into the work that you're promoting that's being done uh, with councils and other public agencies now? Well, I guess that was a pretty dramatic sort of wake-up call. Um, a lot of councils that I've spoken to um, were quite shocked to um, to find out that uh, there was sexual harassment in their workplaces. Um, like a lot of other organisations, sexual harassment is very prevalent uh, in organisations throughout the country. Um, the uh, Gender Equality Act will uh, require organisations to report on uh, any um, complaints of sexual harassment that they have received and um, and then what outcomes, uh, what, what became of that, how they handled what the outcomes were. Obviously de-identified and um, will not be identifiable. Um, it also, through the People Matter Survey, questions are, um, uh, will be asked around the experience of sexual harassment, whether it was reported or not. So that'll give um, every organisation under the Act uh, an idea of the prevalence of sexual harassment, both reported and unreported. Um, and from that, organisations will have clear data um, that they can then uh, decide, you know, what needs to happen to actually change that. And a lot of this in my experience and having done major reviews of sexual harassment in uh, various organisations, including South Australia Police, a little bit like what Veriok did with um, Vipol here, um, that a lot of this is around workplace culture, um, a fear of reporting because it, um, because it may not be kept confidential, nothing will happen to the perpetrator, um, they will be branded as a troublemaker and their career will be impacted. Um, it's, those things are difficult things to change, but that does not mean we shouldn't get to changing them really fast. Sexual harassment uh, should be treated like any other work health and safety issue. It causes or can cause incredible harm. And just as we wouldn't put aside any other workplace, um, uh, work, workplace um, uh, health and safety issue, we should not uh, turn our backs on sexual harassment uh, for too long. This has happened and uh, women's lives have been and their careers have been dramatically impacted in some cases because of that. Yes, uh, well said. 
Um, we'll need to leave it there. So, and now that you've reached the 31st of March, so the, the act comes into effect. Are you going to be able to take a deep breath and at least uh, pause before you get into the next phase of implementation? We, uh, some of my team are taking a little break next week. Thankfully, um, Easter times beautifully this year. Um, and so some team members are, um, but uh, mostly we will be continuing on with the hard work. Um, we have a lot of work to do and um, we're getting a lot of data come 31st of October. Uh, we're building a data platform at the moment. There's still a lot of guidance that we're developing for organisations. We also um, have to set up our dispute resolution functions that is happening as we speak. Um, so still a lot of work to do, Chris, um, but we have a great team and uh, we're really excited by the work. So that keeps us going. Well, all the very best with it. You are leading the way uh, on behalf of the nation, as we discussed. I look forward to hearing more about the implementation phase. And there's an open invitation to come back and talk to us as issues arise, if you'd like to get uh, that message out to our local government audience. Thanks very much, Chris. Dr. Nikki Vincent is the Public Sector Gender Equality Commissioner in Victoria, celebrating with us today the uh, coming into effect of the new Gender Equality Act. And that's been a very special edition of VLGA Connect. Thank you for joining us.